0: The car you drive every day should be fun.
1: But it has to do the boring stuff too, like commute, be affordable, and haul your groceries.
0: You can have both, and we'll help you find it. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this
1: is the Everyday Driver Car Daily.
0: Happy Friday to everyone. Thank you for joining us again on this uh, two times a week podcast adventure. I start mentioning the two times a week thing because next week it won't be. Uh, next week, due to travel and set up for our pilgrimage trip, we are actually doing the Tuesday podcast, but not the Friday podcast, so I'm giving you that uh, heads up right now. Uh, and in kind of a show business thing, I should do a little correction. We don't do corrections often, but we are prone to screw up, so uh, we should talk about a correction from last week.
1: We've talked about being wrong before on various videos, but oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm glad oh, we you brought this yes. up. This is uh, this has to do with actually the last podcast that we You're talked right. about. Tuesday. Uh, yeah, from Tuesday. And you wanted to call this out and talk about it a little bit.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, Merrick Merrick wrote to us, and we had done a th- piece on Merrick, and he was looking at either an Evo 9 or a uh, 350Z for his drive around Maui. And we kind of centered on the road to Hana, and he actually mentioned, you know, there's this massive volcano he plans to literally do a Pikes Peak-style hill climb up it. I actually did my little Google car walk down this road, Merrick, and got simultaneously very jealous and a little frightened for you. But So I would say you're right. We were talking about the wrong road. However, the good news here is, in spite of this new news, I wouldn't change my car choice for you. I would still say with the Evo.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking Hill Climb Road in general. And I I don't know the road to Hana. And this other road looks crazy bonkers. but hey, at least you've got it. And yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. I say stick with that Evo. Pretty sweet. Pretty sweet.
0: Go out on an early, early Sunday morning before the tourists invade, which I'm sure you have all the tactics on how to, how to get out there before the tourists invade. But go out <laughs> there now. The make us jealous. And uh, yeah, I, it was one of those roads that I walked down it with a little Google car and went, hmm, would like to shoot that road. But anyway, yeah, it's always, it's always locations to me.
1: Oh, yeah. He, he'll be avoiding all the rental Ford Mustang convertibles. Of course. Oh yes, that's really the only yes. thing that exists on Maui, right? Or Ford Mustang convertibles.
0: <laughs> well, or convertibles of some kind. I went. I went on a trip once, an actual uh, shoot trip. I was actually a, a camera guy on a trip a while back, and we wound up on Kauai for one day, and we were gonna rent a minivan. Why? Because we're a production. But it was actually only three of us that had made that trip, and so the producer said, "I can't honestly drive around Hawaii." In a minivan, if there's enough of us, if there's a few of us enough that we can actually rent a convertible. So he rented a Chrysler Sebring convertible and we drove around Kauai with the top down. Oh man, <laughs> it was just, it was like a rental car cautionary tale. It really was. The only saving grace was the fact that he let me drive. So I hooned a Chrysler Sebring with the top down, but I kept thinking, no one noticed me. Just just let me drive. <laughs> Pull yeah. the hat
1: lower, sunglasses, bandana. Seriously. Yep. Please yep. don't look at me. Uh, well, awesome, guys. Uh, we Thank you for joining us. We have got a couple of special debates for you because one of them is Jason. He is out in California and he is a patron of ours. He is yes. on Patreon and subscribes. Thank you, Jason. Really appreciate it and really happy to do this debate. His budget Starts at 80000 and goes down from there. And he's yeah, got which is quite a story here. And we also have Rodney, who is our neighbor in Provo, Utah. He's got a bit of a different story here because he actually sure. mentions his thought about what cars are going to start going up in the future. And I put together mm-hmm. my list of things. They're, some of them are far outside the budget, but they're worth mentioning because hmm. I, we, we talk about them a lot. And they're they're worth talking about, even though his budget here yeah. Yeah. is uh, probably fifteen somewhere in there. Yeah. And kind of looking yeah, around, what's a good project car? He's currently got an '88 Jag XJSC, and kind of thinking about, hmm, what cars are going to go up in the future? So,
0: mm-hmm. what should I do? Yeah.
1: Got a good list going here.
0: That's kind of a, it's kind of a strange one, but I look forward to talking about that for Rodney. That'll be fun. Uh, we were talking; I had mentioned briefly our upcoming pilgrimage trip. Uh, We actually dropped a piece from Tom, our European correspondent, uh, just the same day that we're recording this. You're hearing it Friday. That dropped Thursday. And we mentioned in that piece we're about to be in Germany again. We're very excited about that. We should remind you, if you haven't heard already, uh, Friday the 30th of September. That is our kind of night off when we're still in Germany. I say night off because all the people that have been with us for the trip will have flown out. We are flying out a day later just to make sure they all get out out of the country okay and the whole trip closes up nicely. But that means that night we're headed to dinner somewhere in Frankfurt. If you're in the area of Frankfurt and you would like to meet up, let us know. Uh, A couple of you are writing in already. We would love to have you join us. So we'd like some more info about your interests. And I mean, let's be honest. Paul and Tom and I are going to go somewhere and have some dinner. So Let's let's hang out. Why not? So check this out. Raphael
1: from Fulda, Germany. He's a listener. Thank you for writing in, Raphael. He suggests this Classic Stadt. I'm sure I'm pronouncing it wrong. But it's a full-on garage and restoration center with a restaurant inside. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just outside of Frankfurt. And he suggested this place, ClassicStadt.de, starts with a K, mm-hmm. and quite a cool-looking place. It actually reminds me Very. of... One that is very similar I've been to in Berlin, Germany, called Classic Remise. Mm-hmm. That, that's where the Berlin Ferrari dealer is inside. There's a American muscle car restoration shop. Of course, all the British roadsters and Jag shop. Yeah,
0: it looks really cool.
1: There's a restaurant. It's like a banquet hall facilities. You can have a conference room. You know, kind of a, a really cool meeting place. And uh, thanks for the suggestion. I think it looks great. Let us know what you think it about does. that. But either way, as you said, we are getting together. We're going to go have a bite to eat. If you'd like to join us, please keep writing, writing in. And uh, Rafael was the first, so thanks, thank you so yeah. much.
0: Yeah, it'd be cool to meet some of you when we're there. Uh, and we're, we're keeping it really just loose. We'll figure out what we're doing, and uh, you guys can help us do that. And if we can meet up, that'd be cool. Uh, we also had a little bit of news we wanted to talk about. I I noticed this when you and I were talking about it a little bit. Uh, there was an article I was reading about how, and I just, I, I don't know, I instantly thought of you, Paul, when I read this article. <laughs> it was talking about the fact that the new Prius isn't selling very well. And the article's speculation was, well, it's because gas prices are low. And Americans just, you know, they don't take it seriously. Now, on one level, I agree with that. Because, of course, you know, the minute gas dips below $4 a gallon, we all start buying trucks. But that's been the case the entire life cycle of the Prius. I submit to you the problem is not cheap gas. (laughs) (laughs) The problem is what my dear friend Paul has pointed out and others, and that is that this is a catastrophically ugly redesign.
1: I kind of feel like nobody stood back and thought, you know what? We should start over, because that thing (laughs) is ugly. What did we do? It's like everybody had their head down with blinders on like the horses in the race, (laughs) In the Kentucky Derby, and they were working on their section of the headlight and made that really cool. But it didn't yeah. match the other section yeah. over here of, with the door and the, the rear taillight team and the wheel team. And uh, they didn't stand back and go, huh, we've created a monster. That thing's yeah. really ugly. We should <laughs> throw that away and start
0: over. I like that your conclusion is not, let's fix it. Your conclusion is trash it and try again. There's That's what nothing I about to that. fix here.
1: This is a car right. that is also right. in the category of stop drawing, put the pencil down.
0: You're right. You're right.
1: New sheet of paper. It's the opposite of the 66 Ford Mustang. The mm. guy who finished mm. designing that, I'm sure, stood back from the car and looked at it and thought, I did pretty good. I'm going to pat myself mm-hmm. on the mm-hmm. back. That is a great looking car.
0: Well, I mean, look at the E-Type. Which I realize realizes the obvious icon, but done long before aerodynamic testing. There was no aerodynamic testing. A guy just sat down and drew a cool, simple lined car. And it yeah. is timeless. And we have the Prius, which I actually saw one in Salt Lake this past week. Brand new, Ooh. of course, with the brand new tags on it in Ooh. burgundy. The burgundy almost matched the color of the tail And I'll be completely honest, I couldn't stop staring wasn't because it was attractive. I just kept looking at it as I was slowly passing it, just thinking, any angle I look at that thing, while in motion. I mean, I've seen plenty of cars that are unattractive. Once you see them in motion, they get okay. It's like, okay. I mean, I, honestly, the Infinities, when I see them on the stand, I don't like them like when I first see the current infinity styling. But every time I end up seeing one on the road, I'm like, you know what? That is working. This Prius is just its bad from every angle. And in motion, yeah. it doesn't get better. Well, I'll ask oh, you oh about God. the E-Type. Does it matter
1: to you when you look at it, does it matter that legions of cars can crush it in the performance and handling category? I mean,
0: there's Not in the least.
1: thousands of cars that will do better than that car. I'm sure a new Toyota Camry is
0: probably faster. Oh, I have no doubt in my mind. I have no doubt in my mind. And, no my mind. and pro- it probably, handles, probably handles better as well. I mean, that, that's the yeah. truth of it. So the point uh, but, we're but getting at is,
1: is the balance. Yes. Yeah. The balance between, okay, it fulfills a need, it's the right price, crash, all that stuff, the safety, great. But it's got to look good. That's why we put things in yeah. our garages. It's got to be beautiful right. and artistic. And I want to be inspired. I, the Prius
0: yeah. does I not know. inspire me. I don't know. It's, it's quite interesting. But I think it's funny that, that this article didn't even touch on the fact that... You know, it's just not an attractive redesign. It was just all, well, maybe it's about the gas mileage. And I thought, you know, even when you're even, look, I, this is the king of gas mileage miser cars. I get it. If that's all you're shopping for, if that's the only thing that matters, go get a Prius. I get it. But Or, or buy electric. These are your options. But I, I truly, just like you're saying, I truly believe that once you're spending real money on a thing, it has to, on some level, be something you find attractive Mm -hmm. or engaging. It has to entice you in some way. And even in the gas miser area, if it's unattractive, I I fully believe that matters. Even if the person that is looking doesn't consciously realize it, that matters.
1: And until autonomous cars come around, your eyes are not closed while you're driving it, so you have to look at it. And I suppose (laughs) better to be in it than looking at it, but the rest of us have to look at it. Well...
0: (sighs) Yeah, we terrible. we say that about the we say that about the Panamera. Better to be driving it than looking at it. I mean, we've said that joke before. But the Panamera is enticing, even though it's not as attractive as it should be. It's enticing because you know it's a dynamically interesting car. Oh yes, and Porsche the has Prius. now
1: solved the problem.
0: It's true. In they the have good That's direction. True, yeah.
1: Prius is going in the other direction.
0: You're right. That that That's an interesting comparison. You're absolutely right. I hadn't thought about them in, in comparison to each other, but you're absolutely right about that point as well.
1: Well, segueing into the autonomy cars and uh, the world of Uber, we just came across an article you might have as well. It is now fall, and the National Football League in America has kicked off, so football games are happening. And along with that goes tailgating, and the great tradition in America of tailgating. Well, I know Germans love to barbecue as well. Anyway, the uh, – The company Uber has decided and partnered with Ford to offer everybody
0: a Ford F-150
1: specifically for tailgating at NFL games. Now the car isn't even driving and going anywhere. It's coming to you Mm -hmm. full of merchandise and food and tickets and stuff. I suppose it can bring you to the game if you want. But along with a barbecue grill, the idea is to park. Of course, it's coded in logos. It's covered in all the football teams and the NFL logo and all this stuff because Uber and Ford are now sharing this project. And uh, I'm not sure what to think of this. I really am not.
0: I, I will say, and I've got the article I just pulled up here as well. I'm glad you found this. I will say the one thing about it that does make sense is the place they've launched it is New York City. You know, we've talked about folks in New York before. My sister lived there for a long time. I mean, you can yeah. very easily live in New York for decades and not own a car and rent a car when you need one for something. Well, if you're that person. I need a car just your for tailgating. Lifestyle. Well, Uber but, but you want to go to the football game. You want to you A, get to the football game, and you want to B, have a tailgate. I actually, then for that market, I see it. I do see it because now you can call the Uber to take you to the game and then it has to ha- has all your stuff. You're good. You're done. Mm-hmm. I actually, it, I can see it makes sense in that market. I don't know that it's a universal thing. Because a lot of other markets, I mean, Texas, for example. This, <laughs> I I, why would this say, make sense?
1: Like Dallas. Because because everybody. You, dro-
0: you drove your truck. own truck with your barbecue grill in the back. And I'm from Texas. <laughs> That's why I'm saying this. You drove it to the game. What's yeah. Uber doing there? You know what I mean? But Manhattan, <laughs> bring it. I do see it.
1: I, I'm just amazed that somebody identified this niche. Maybe they were talking to the executives at BMW and the experts for identifying micro niches. But it does work. <laughs> The because niche expert. Seriously, BMW <laughs> is that expert. But here we go. It's like the, the niche SWAT team. <laughs> absolutely. What are they
0: called? We need a new acronym because that's awesome, honestly. They're the They just experts. come in and go, you haven't seen these five people. Let us show you the market research that identifies one family that would buy that.
1: Well, I, they, they've they got to do the the giveaways and the merchandise and the, you know, hey, come mm-hmm. test drive this new truck and see what you think and – I think it's amazing. I, I I'm kind of on board. Yeah. The more I talk yeah, yeah. about it, I'm kind of on board. Even though I think, well, now if I have to go to Home Depot and I need just lumber, will they send me a Ford F one fifty just to get the lumber for a couple hours?
0: The 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 Home Depot Uber partnership <laughs> yeah. where it comes emblazoned with lumber and other, uh, other topics on the side and you can go pick up whatever. You know what? That's that's I mean, not a big maybe cry from directions the directions
1: to building your own shed are plastered on the side of the truck
0: and you probably go, huh. I could Probably. build my
1: own shed here. I mean, how many yeah. micro niches can we fill? We could sit here for hours it's, and think of this.
0: But there, honestly, the Home it. Depot thing's a good idea. It's a stutter step from the fact that you can already go to Home Depot and rent yourself a pickup. I mean, it's not far from that. Well, what if a pickup yes. came to you, and it ties yeah, into I, the I joke see.
1: of you should always have a friend who owns a pickup truck. Maybe unless you live in now Texas or Utah or Colorado, you don't really need a pickup truck. But you should always have a friend. Uber is now your friend. <laughs>
0: The friend Uber, your friend with a pickup. Yeah, I, I do. I do like that. We've found a new per, new purpose for Uber when they're done burning through their billions with a B. Uh, we have we have ideas. So there it goes.
1: <laughs> I guess they've got more billions to burn, even though they've already been you know Clearly. torching that Clearly. as fast as they can. I aye, aye, aye. One last thing before we move on to the car debates, and that is our friends at Alpha Romeo. Been reading this, they are abandoning the Spider, the four C Spider. In favor mm-hmm. of SUVs and cars. And I say abandoning. They just are not refreshing. They have not announced any model changes or refresh to the 4C or the 4C Spider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, they need to make money. They have to sort <laughs> of show Ooh, that, a profit.
0: That difficult thing. Hmm. I haven't That's seen weird. Too many
1: spiders driving around, and you buy one, and you're not going to see yourself coming and going. They're quite a niche vehicle in and of themselves, but...
0: The four C in general. Yikes. I mean, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Look, at, think about if Toyota had launched the FRS BRZ as a comeback vehicle for their brand. You, you're you're dealing with. Are you telling me they didn't? Well, okay, they tried to save Scion <laughs> with it, but my point. But what they, you see, but my they point. Launched it, you, it, I do see your point. They launched it as a we really remember sports cars and enthusiast comeback car. Right. So I, I agree with that. But my but my point is, Alpha was nowhere. And then it was we'll introduce an enthusiast car first, which from a from a brand reputation standpoint sounds awesome. <laughs> it comes with a but leather helmet with, and goggles. Really? <laughs> Funny, nicely done. As we But as we've seen with honestly, the GTR is a great example and the FRS is another great example. Sports cars that get a lot of notice when they first launch, everybody that really wants one and can afford one buys one. And then guess what happens? No one else does. Mm -hmm. These are not cars that ever sell big numbers. I mean, GTR, as successful as it has been for what it is, has never sold with big numbers. Most sports cars don't. So I'm actually not surprised about this. It's sad. I would love for them to have a product lineup so they could renew and do the next one, But what this might mean is, I wonder if it's going to mean the 4C kind of does what the Lotus is doing, the Elise is doing, where once they aren't making them anymore, if they kind of find a floor in the used values and hang on for a while.
1: Alpha Alpha kind of started with a Halo car. Whereas Mm -hmm. imagine if Toyota had come out with the new Supra redesign first and then reintroduced the FRS and BRZ. I think everybody would be, you know, it kind of kind of be bored, to be honest. Everybody would be all in favor of the Supra, even though maybe not everybody could afford the Supra. I mean, I'm sure you could spin it that way, but they're yeah. kind of going the opposite direction here. They've come out with the halo car and said, look, we're back. Why don't you buy this beautiful new sedan well,
0: or an SUV? Well, but hopefully the Julia will be a, a rousing success for them, and I can't wait to drive that car. But I, yeah, the ultimate I reality is rear wheel drive sports cars especially two seat only mid-engined rear wheel drive sports cars you are you are making such a, a niche pool of buyers at that point that even if everybody that thinks it's cool buys one you probably won't make a profit on it convinced I mean, it's, bmw it's not is not consulting
1: they're consulting with every other car manufacturer <laughs> you
0: know what you need we if- could find you a niche between those two cars trust us <laughs> you know it's it, Is that are we back to the orangutan family now? Is this another job that they have? Anyway. That's never going away. Let's put it that
1: way. That's that's always the reference.
0: There you go you you started it, and we will we will mine it every time we can. Uh, I'm going to desperately try to move us on to, to Jason. <laughs> Jason, thank you for for being a patron, for writing in. You wrote in a while ago, and and one of the things, two things happened. One, we get a volume of email, and uh, you got put in the wrong pile, so thank you for asking where that was, uh, because we connect with you through Patre- uh, Patreon, which is great. We do hangout calls and stuff with you, which is awesome. The other thing is, you asked about a purchase you probably aren't making till early 2017, so the good news is this is still very relevant. And we've driven some other cool cars that relate to your question, so I'm actually really excited about this.
1: Yeah, if we had addressed this a little bit earlier, I'm not sure we could have spoken to everything that's on the list here. However, this is a great list. Here's the story mm-hmm. of Jason. He's in California. And like I said, he's a patron. Just trying to needle you, for those of you listening, just, you know, poke, poke. All right, moving on. <laughs> Keep going. He's got a four-wheel drive to Toyota Tacoma, and he's got a weekend toy. So he's got two cars, and the toy Mm -hmm. is a Subaru STI. As a matter of fact, it's a launch edition, meaning this is Mm -hmm. a 1,000-unit potential collector car, and he's also got a sport bike. Now, with the Subaru, he is a track hound. He does three to five Mm -hmm. track days a year, and he Mm -hmm. has written in asking us, before he goes crazy with the Subaru, like engine builds and turbo upgrades and track wheels and all that stuff, like mm-hmm. off the deep end, is there something else he might consider getting rid of the STI and going for yeah. something hotter? And like I mentioned earlier, his budget starts at 80,000 U S and goes down from there. So yeah, not a, often, top. not often do we have this kind of budget to work with, but he wrote in with clearly some thinking here and a choice that he's thinking about, as well as the short list. I want you to tell everybody about the choices that he's considering, and then I'll go through these sure. these short lists here, the other consideration I mean, here.
0: Yeah, the, the the great the great thing here is that this Subaru has mostly been just a fun car. I mean, the bike obviously does super fun, but the the Subaru has been the track car, and it's been a back roads car. That's mostly how it's been used. The truck is like the real life vehicle, and it's not going anywhere. So we really are into a focused world here, and you know, hey. Nice problem to have. You're also considering maybe moving to someone more, somewhere more mountainous. But you know what, man? You live in in Northern California, and uh, you got great roads all over the place, so that's cool. You are saying you've always wanted either a good old American V eight or a good old Porsche flat six. Those are on your. and yeah. I, have this, I, I don't have. I don't have this list, but apparently I need to make this list. This is a. You have a bucket list for engines. <laughs> Who a has bucket engines list for kinds on <laughs> Hey, I. You have a bucket list for. For engine configurations you want to that's own awesome. in your lifetime. and I, I, But here's the thing. I read this and I go, huh, that's a great idea, Jason. Why don't I have that list? What would my list be? I start thinking in those lines. So clearly it's a disease that you're passing on. So those are your two bucket list, two of the engines on your bucket list, a, a good old American V8. You've never had one. And a Porsche Flat 6, which that already kind of leads you towards some of your... Uh, potential choices. But you want to have rear wheel drive and stick shift. Uh, you want it to be a road trip capable car, if you were to do like Highway 1. But you're going to still t- take really nice roads. It needs to track. This is a fun road car. So good handling, under eighty grand. but there's a lot of room to play with from there. Man. All right, the short list. Are you ready?
1: First off, speaking of American V8s, we've got mm-hmm. to go with the GT350 or the 350R uh... when jason wrote in we had not yet reviewed the three fifty justin's three fifty against his boss mustang and justin thank you again for graciously lending both your cars you haven't seen that piece go check it out because we had called out the boss mustang as something that's gotta be in our garage and then that's of course until we drove the three fifty it was not the (laughs) R. jason has or excuse me justin has since upgraded to an R. we want to drive that justin um, yeah, no kidding. But man, that engine, yes, we agree. People are raving about it. They're still at the place where I think people are still experiencing markup. They're still running into
0: Absolutely. dealer Absolutely. markup and speculators. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So
1: that's a problem. If you can get one for the MSRP of what the car is actually priced at, yes, that yeah, will fit agreed. your under 80000 budget. You might be able to do it with... with you know, your budget where you're at now. But I just feel like you'll be throwing away money. I don't want I mean, that to he happen could get,
0: He could get the non-R for under 80. But you yeah. shouldn't be paying, unless it, honestly, unless I, I'm even going to give, that car is cool enough, I'm even going to give it a tiny bit of a pass. And what I mean by that is, if somebody told you they were going to offer it to you for five or less above MSRP. So let's say the MSRP is 55, they were going to give it to you for 60 or less I might have a serious conversation with that person. That's if I had the money and if I really wanted one right now. Yeah. Anything yeah. above that 5 grand, you've got to be kidding. You've got to be kidding. And I still think the 5 grand is ridiculous and I think the key on those cars is a year from now. I'm in agreement I with you. I think that's the buying time because at that point it, it's the Z, it's the Z28. The Z28 was going for 10 grand above MSRP for 6 months and then it was like Uh, Would you like a Z28? I know you're looking at the Camaro SS, but would you like a Z28? Because we could get in it. (laughs) It was just ridiculous how much it dropped. So yeah, keep going.
1: Also on the list here is the C7 Corvette. Of course, the Z06 Mm -hmm. is the consideration. I'm not sure if you can do that for under 80. But certainly a C7 with the Z51 package. Excellent car.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And the third car on the list is the 981 My Generation Cayman. The S, the GTS, or Mm a GT4. Jason's also asking, is the GT4 too extreme for the street? I don't think so. If I could go GT4, I would in a heartbeat, of course, but that's me. Yeah. I mean, yes, they're designed for the track, but I still think they're going to be very much a focused track car. It, it'll feel like driving the STI, like a modded STI around on the street. You'd do that. So I don't think a GT4 is out of the question. The PDK is awesome. If you're going to be really seriously looking at track times, I'd go PDK but for just sheer enjoyment you cannot beat the manual the Porsche manuals are yeah
0: yeah yeah luscious if kind. he's if he's chasing numbers then if he's chasing numbers then PDK is the better track car certainly and he i mean certainly. he is talking tracking and back road stuff it, but i would say only if you're chasing numbers jason if you're really looking for cuz you talked about how much you really want a stick shift uh, unless you you kind of pardon the pun shift where where it, the reason you're going to the track and it's just about did i go a tenth faster then, yeah, PDK. Otherwise, yeah, stay stick shift on that if you were going to chase it anyway. But I, I have many thoughts about these three, and I've also added a couple others. I mean, you did also put your kind of own wild card list together here, Jason, and you actually said you've considered to use GTR, but you really want uh, two-wheel drive. You really want rear-wheel drive. Mm-hmm. And you've had – I mean, the STI is not the same animal, but you talked about the fact, look, I've had Japanese all-wheel drive turbo cars. I don't know that I really want another one. I agree with you. Let's go. Let's chase your. I love. I love that it exists. Let's chase that engine bucket list, shall we? <laughs> and the <laughs> Nissan GTR, while it has that cool hand-built, hermetically sealed, four guys on the planet built it engine, I, apparently it's not on the list. I don't know how that engine didn't wind up on that list. But let's move on. Uh, you've considered the factory five GTM. It's a kit car, one of their bigger kit cars. You've talked about maybe getting one of those already built. A Lotus Exige. Uh, look. Uh, yes. While Paul stops on, in the and swims in the pool of Porsche, I will dip my toe in the puddle of Lotus. And uh, you're not yes. dipping
1: a toe; you're you're swimming around in that pool like I'm in the Porsche pool.
0: Okay, fine. Yes, the Exige is awesome. I I somehow don't feel like that's the answer for you. And then you've kind of gone. I'm intrigued by the M3, M4, because I I'm an engineer, and so it makes me kind of excited about all the cool stuff that cars doing. I still don't think it's the it's the focus cars looking for. I actually have comments on some of the things he's mentioned specifically and I'm also adding a couple.
1: I think if somebody gave you Lotus cologne or Lotus socks or Lotus underwear you'd can't wear them it. in a heartbeat. No, I can't you would I can wear can't do in a it. heartbeat.
0: I if I could take all of that Stuff, all of the, if somebody gave me all the Lotus swag and I could figure out a way to put it in one big pile and sell that and buy the Lotus, I would do it. I don't want the swag. Swag's irrelevant to me. I like the swag. I, I just, I, I just, I don't care. I don't care about the car swag. I want the car. But anyway. Hmm.
1: I am really torn because that Mustang is pretty awesome. It's so different. I want to add my choices and then I want to come back to yours, Jason. I thought of the 2017 Chevy Camaro SS with the 1LE track pack coming out. That thing's going to be pretty much a monster, and I thought of that because V8, and it's also a specifically focused track package that you're kind of looking for. Now, we've not Mm -hmm. driven the new Camaro, the sixth generation Camaro here, but from everything that we're reading, it's looking very promising. And I think if you're still waiting, if you're still kind of – you've got some time, I think worth getting in that car. I think it's worth mm-hmm. the wait to to nose around that car as well and kind of think, huh, maybe maybe I go Camaro. It, of course, depends on Ford or Chevy, or maybe you don't care. But I think that's worth yeah. a look, Yeah. really do. I will move on to an R8. Is there any version of an Audi R8 that's on the table for you now? I hmm. know they're all-wheel drive, okay. but All mid-engine right.
0: V8. Hello. Yeah, yeah. And with the possibility well, you might, try,
1: that... might move to uh, a colder climate, mountain roads, that kind of thing. Even the V10. <sighs>
0: I'm, I'm well, just it, asking. I, I like this. I hadn't gone there, but you know what? That 80000 budget, you probably could get yourself into an early gen with the gated 6-speed, the 4.2-liter 4. Mm-hmm. 4. V8, Now, I have heard some people have had uh, some expensive maintenance to keep those cars running, but I I haven't heard that across the board. And that 4.2-liter engine is that same V8 that was in the RS4 that we drove, Yep, and that belongs on that engine bucket list. That's a great engine. That's a great engine. Absolutely. And so – i that, that's a good one. that that Well done. I hadn't gone there at all. OK, keep going. I just
1: brought that up as a, huh, something to consider. If you haven't driven an R8, I think it's worth the drive. Because that's the mm-hmm, car that combines mm-hmm. the V8 with the mid-engine. Now, yeah. there's yeah. two outliers here. And I realize these are my super wild cards. The Lotus Evora <laughs> S. Which we love for different reasons. Awesome. Fantastic. That would make a good road trip car, but there are, you know, there's some give and take. With all of these cars, there's give and take. Mm -hmm. And then finally, I thought of an 06 Lamborghini Gallardo. I'm just wondering, Hmm. just asking, speaking of mid engine and gated shifters, could you find one for 80, 90 somewhere in there? Are you even interested? I mean, talk about a special car, and if you can find with one with super low miles that has sat in somebody's garage, I mean, they're dropping in price like crazy, and they are, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, German-owned, Audi parts bin. I think Mm -hmm. that's a car Mm -hmm. you can just put miles on.
0: So that's those are my four wild cards, there, man. Those are my four very good wild cards. Okay, all right. Well, I stuck close to his list, but I made like, tweaks to all of his list choices. Okay. So he has his top three, which, again, were the, the GT350, the C7, Z06, and that Cayman, like you had that second-gen Cayman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to say this about the 350. You've talked about really having kind of an interest in love affair and engines. As far as V8 goes, that GT350 is something really special. That Coyote engine is something it's incredibly is. special it in that is. car. Is yeah. it Coyote? Is it? No, it's the, it's the Voodoo. What, Voodoo. Which one engine. is that called? I, they, thank you. Thank you. I, yeah. I knew I got it wrong. Uh, anyway, that is a very special flat plane uh, V8. That Yes. That, that I am now checking off. I didn't realize I needed to do this, Jason, but now in my head I'm making my list of engines I must own. And that's on there. Honestly, that's a great engine. I would say get one if you can wait out the cost inflation, though. Don't go buy one now. Don't, I just I I can't recommend that to you. It doesn't make any sense. But if you can wait out the cost inflation six eight months, not sure when you're buying. We've ta- you've talked about early twenty seventeen, uh, and find a deal on one, then I think it's worth it. If you're going much above MSRP, I don't think it is. But that would be very cool. I do agree with that. You said M three M four, and I say to you no no. But what about the M two? Now I know those aren't aren't just hanging out all over the place either. If you could wait out, let's be honest, the wait on those. But people are sending us <laughs> at our email address, everydaydrivertv at gmail. They're sending us links, trying to get Paul to jump off the waiting <laughs> list he's on and go buy the ones in their local showroom. So there are showrooms that have them, Thank you, Craig. both in the white, yeah, <laughs> both in the white with the DCT and in the blue with the manual. There are showrooms in, in places that have got them. So if you really want one, you could find one now that isn't spoken for. And then, of course, depending on when you're shopping, there may be more available. I would say m2 all day long over the m3 m4 because it gets a little more kind of raw small and intimate in the way that it feels compared to the m3 m4 which i get the sense you want a car that's got some kind of tossable personality the current m3 m4 is awesome but the m2 has more of that so i have to bring up that one you said um you said c7 i'm gonna say you've already kind of mentioned it anyway Look at the Camaro Z28. If you want to buy something now and you're considering the GT350, look, that's the big 7-liter, isn't it? Isn't that the 7-liter in the Z28, or am I just lost on my engines tonight? Mm. I feel like I'm, I'm wrong all over the place. But the point is that Z28 is an unbelievable track car. It was the GT350 before the GT350 dropped. It is go track that car, go run it on a back road. You can get them now cheap. They are on the other end of that depreciation ridiculousness Cheap. where they were inflated. and Well, but they were inflated, and now you can buy new ones for less than MSRP.
1: So yeah. you've got to look at that Z28.
0: So I think that should be on there. And then you said C7, Jason, but I'm going to say not C7 Z06. No, no, no. C7 Grand Sport. It'll do mm. all your track duty. It'll do all your track duty. You can get one new. I mean, the Z06 is going to be like hundred grand You could get a new Grand Sport. Looks like a Z06, isn't quite as crazy in the engine department, but you don't, you don't have to have that engine, and it's going to be killer on the track, great on a back road, perfect GT car. I think the Grand Sport is the sweet spot in the current Corvette lineup for you. Uh, and then on the Cayman, I'm going to say to you no. I know I'm being controversial in, in, in the vicinity of Paul here, but I'm going to say am, no for I'm this I'm waiting reason.
1: for your, your elaboration okay. here. I on know. Your, on I your know. no. Look,
0: the Tell Cayman's cool and we've got our we've got our Cayman M2 piece coming up. But what I read from Jason here is he's going to buy a car and he's going to he's going to drive it nice. He's going to take it on some road trips, but this car is going to be a hard driving car. And the Cayman can do it, but my concern with the Cayman is this. And you and I've talked about this for you, Paul. My concern Jason is are you going to be precious with your Cayman? I think if you had a GT350 or a Z28 or a C7 Grand Sport, you'd go, "I'm going to the track. I'm going to beat on this car. I don't care." I wonder if you'd feel that way about your Cayman, or if you'd go, should I? Maybe I shouldn't. And the kind of car you're looking for is the thing you can go beat on. So I'm going to say to you, Cayman is the wrong answer, but what about a 996 Turbo? Mm. Because this is the unloved 911. It's the 911 that isn't going to go up in value, comparatively, because nobody likes the styling. It has the bad interior. So you're not you're not being you're not having a car that well I should keep the miles down I should be careful this is going to go up in value it probably just isn't and the Turbo 996 is an unbelievable performance car for the money in your money budget it's a it's a Porsche you can just go beat on and not feel bad about so I say no Cayman but 996 turbo
1: by the way, on your Camaro Z28, yes, that is the 7-liter LS7 V8 with 505 I so. horsepower. Yes, it is. So talk,
0: yeah. So as we're talking about engines on the list, that should be on there. It Do that. is,
1: although I, I'm kind of with you on the Cayman, although I, the 996 Turbo doesn't strike me as a track car. You can all day long. It just doesn't scream, hey, this is track car and go beat it on it for track purposes. You certainly can. So my choices for Jason here are the Camaro SS1LE. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm hoping that there won't be the buzz and, the, I guess, the gouging on those cars, maybe. But I just think that that Ford, uh, the GT350,
0: there was it's far not, it's more. It's not exclusive and and it strangely unique like the like, like, like yeah. the GT350 is going to be. I mean, it, you know, it's, it's got that, like that Carl, it's got that I bespoke engine and all that. I just can't imagine. This is a, a track package on what is essentially a Camaro you can go buy. I can't imagine. Yeah, I don't. Yes. See
1: it. And even though, yes, the 7 liter, it's the I guess the prior generation Camaro and the new one with the track pack and the more focused things that you're going to want to use it for on track, I think that's your choice. I can
0: see that argument. I can see that argument. That's yeah.
1: where I'm headed. I, yeah, the GT350, yes, but no gouging. That's I think Todd and I both are landing on that. Yes, 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 but don't pay more than you should, honestly. Mhm. I'm mm-hmm. not as big on the Corvettes, but I could see the Cayman. I could see it, but I I think you have a good point. It's it's maybe a bit more precious and you can track them. You can track them. I nope, mean, I take it, look, but
0: it, it depends. Of course it will. And it depends on how you want to approach it, Jason. It certainly could be a track car. Obviously, the GT4 is designed to be a track car. The GTS, the S, they all can be. I just, I, I feel like, I, I sense it with Paul, and I've also sensed it, though, with some other Porsche owners. Not all, but some other Porsche owners. Because if you reach and you and you buy a Porsche, they obviously can take the beating. But there is this sense, because consumables are expensive and because it's a car that you also can just do nice driving with. Mm-hmm. that sometimes yeah. people are like, I don't know if I should track this one. And 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 I've also, you know, we've met Porsche owners who, they end up buying a Porsche and they fall in love with going to the track, and then they realize, I'm just going to go buy an old Porsche and make that my track car, and I'm going to keep my other one as my nice one. That starts to happen a lot, too, because they love the Porsche experience, but they're worried about their newer one. So that's why I kind of mm-hmm. land there, Jason. It's something at least to ponder.
1: Although the GT4 is a bit in a different category.
0: I think it, it oh, yeah. would. It's, it's the focused one. It yeah, would be it's more the focused of a,
1: one. why aren't you tracking that thing kind of question. Oh,
0: please. I, I agree. But I don't think 80 grand, that's going to happen anyway. But no, so yeah. No.
1: Hope this is all helpful. Uh, sounds like you still have some time. Please please let us know what you think and drive some more cars in the meantime, Jason. But thanks for writing mm-hmm. in again. And uh, man, not often we get to debate at this level. So
0: lots True. of fun. Yeah. Lots of fun. But we do have another debate. Track car too, which is awesome. Yeah.
1: Yeah, tell us about Rodney. We've got Rodney. He is a neighbor in Provo, Utah here, and he's got an 88 Jaguar XJSC. It's needing work. Okay. He's got some rust, and he's got some bad head gaskets, and it's a project car. But what he writes about. It's that big V12
0: coupe thing that Jaguar made forever. Yeah. It's that classic V12 coupe. That I will not be honest. That is one of those Jaguar designs that – I feel like did feel pretty timeless and aged pretty well. I remember I knew a guy in L.A. that drove one forever, and it always looked cool. It's it's just a cool car. definitely a project. It's definitely a project.
1: So what Rodney's interested in here is he writes, he's interested in a convertible, manual transmission, something for autocrossing, maybe track Mm -hmm. time, certainly road legal, Mm -hmm. and it's got to maybe go up in value, maybe worth more as time goes on. And this is mm-hmm. something that you and I have touched on, but we've never really focused on things that we think cars that will go up in value. You know what? You should invest <laughs> this in this is because, because
0: we don't know. Well, certainly we don't this know, but we, we, can don't it. we can speculate. We can speculate. And you're right. You
1: know, with, with uh, all kinds of stuff that we've driven, but we've never <laughs> done it for such dice. a low budget. <laughs> this yeah. is true. It's yeah. the orangutans. Yeah, yeah. They're in my closet over here.
0: Perfect. Wow. That's gonna be a mess. I've got a list of cars
1: and they're throwing darts.
0: Okay, you've got they're 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 sitting on they're sitting on piles of Blu-rays in your closet, throwing darts at cars on the wall. This is what's happening at your house right now, and it's frightening. (laughs) Yeah, okay. So take cover. This is going to be a crazy car debate. Yikes. Yes. Anyway, but but so what you're actually debating is, do I start working on this Jaguar? My wife has actually said she'd kind of like to help, which is an interesting twist. You've never worked on a V8, but you just figure, hey, I don't I don't mind diving in. Should I work on this and try to essentially salvage this car and make it into something is it worth that or should i sell it and with selling it and some other money you have you may have 15 grand to spend to go back to the list that paul is mentioning about you know you want a convertible you want it to be manual transmission you want it to be able to autocross do track time and theoretically do road trips which is a big list uh okay this is this is a little bit hard but i i leaned toward the sell the jaguar i I have to be honest i did because I think the amount of work to get it to where you want it to be I think you're going to shock yourself with the money and time. And so I'm thinking <laughs> take that 15 grand go elsewhere.
1: I'm with you. I I am I I want to really like it. It's a cool car if it were running in pretty good shape, but to pour a bunch of money into it, I think you're going to be into it for 30 grand before you're finished. I just <laughs> I'm worried for you, Rodney. I'm just concerned yeah. and if you want to do that, awesome, then I just don't know if you'll get your money back out of that car. Aye, 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 I'm, I'm wanting it to be, I'm wanting to like it more, but I'm, I'm with Todd. I think you should think about getting rid of it, pick up something else, and pour your money elsewhere. Rodney mm-hmm. has had 40 or 50 cars in his life here. And some of the ones that he's had are a 67 BMW 2000 CS.
0: Mm-hmm. By the way, he's yeah, looking for another cool.
1: one. Anybody selling one? Rodney's looking for one. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll be we at the car brokers the car, again. Here we are. The car search. Yeah.
1: What else? He's had the 1980 Toyota Celica Sun Chaser. Uh, mm-hmm. More 80s cars. 1988 Honda Prelude SI with the four-wheel steering, which is such a cool car. It's not yeah, fast, they were very but
0: very cool. They cool. were really cool, and they then, were, yeah, they were awesome. That's that's Honda at its best, and that era oh, was yeah. Honda at its best. Oh yeah.
1: yeah. Speaking of, of uh, cool cars, '86 Buick Grand National. I mean, yep. You had yep. this car, and you let it go, mm-hmm. you let it get away. I'm I'm yeah. so confused.
0: But but I'm glad that he. I mean, he's moved on to other things. I see that. I see that. We're gonna get we're gonna get him back into something cool. I see that. Keep going.
1: And then last on the list, 03 Mustang GT convertible. I can kind of see why you sold that. No offense to Mustang owners everywhere, but but you but he's saying
0: out of forty or fifty cars, that's his half dozen or so favorites, which is informative. I feel like to this whole discussion. Uh, again, I, I think the answer is to sell the Jaguar. I think I think you're into a larger problem than you realize, especially if you wanted to do these other things. If you if you were saying to us, "Look, guys, I just like this Jaguar. My wife and I just want to work on it. I just that's it. I just want to work on it and see what it does." Okay. But you're saying, should I work on it because I want it to do all these things? And that's where I go, I'm sorry, but the leap's too big. So Yeah. Yeah.
1: I uh I think that if you had if you had set aside the amount of money, I don't know what your budget is for quote unquote working on the Jag. You've got mm-hmm. you know, the ten grand, uh oh, you're guessing two to four grand. I'm gonna say way more than that. So therefore I think your budget could go up because of the potential dollars that you would have put into restoring the Jag. Possibly,
0: yeah.
1: So I've got this list going here that I want to run through that should generate some interesting discussion. A lot of the cars are nowhere near your budget, but I think, well, if you have poured (laughs) money into some other car, it might change things. I do take your point.
0: I do take your point. If and you're above it's his fifteen grand, he's got. Yeah, it's you're right. It's you. Of course, you're out of the budget. But you're right. If it's beyond the fifteen grand he's got, but if we're talking about long term cost of the Jaguar, we might be above that fifteen anyway. I see how you got there. It, it is a leap, but I do see the bread. I'm just sort of closing
1: okay. my eyes and wandering into the dark room and holding my hand over my eyes and going, "I'm coming through. I'm coming in. I'm just gonna wander around in here."
0: All right. So uh... so give us this list of absurdity. (laughs) Go for it.
1: With no nod to price. I won't say no nod, but, you know, I – all right. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. First off is the Acura NSX. I think this is a car to invest in because any of these cars that I'm going to tell you, any of them you're going to have to work on. Some more than others, but that might be a good yeah. thing. You're not going to be doing restoration work. It's more maintenance, upkeep, upgrades, mm-hmm. you know, replace the thing while you've got this disassembled, the while you are in there kind, yeah. Of, yeah. kind of maintenance. So Acura NSX, interesting. I think those are going to go up in value. I think all of these cars are going to go up in
0: value. Yeah, but they're like 3 times his budget now. But keep going. Go yes, on. Yes. <laughs> maybe maybe a
1: really high mileage one that's sort of been like, man, yeah. I commuted and I loved it and I just kind of yeah, moved on. Yeah, possibly. And you can yeah. restore the seats, you know, maybe the seat bolsters are broken down and you're doing that yeah. and maybe it's an engine rebuild or a engine transplant from another wrecked one or, you know, stuff like that. I
0: don't. Sure, know. I'm sure, busy. sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, we have to I have to mention Porsche, two of them, the 944 mm-hmm. and the 928. Some of the 928s from the early 90s are still ridiculously overpriced, but the ones from mm. the mid-80s and late 80s, I think especially the S4 could be interesting. I had the S4, yeah. and I'm missing it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they'll go back up, but the thing... But let's be honest, though. In the world of Porsches, well, in the world of all collector cars, as the as the certain models go up and those become overpriced, the lower models end up getting kind of caught up in the net and, and the surge and get pulled as well. Yep. That's kind of where the 928, 944s are as the 911s go stratospheric. Those cars are getting pulled up a little bit. You could absolutely... I, I see where you are, and then you could definitely get one for your budget. I'm going to... Jump on the Porsche bandwagon really quickly and say if you want autocross convertible, reliable, take a road trip. You've got to be looking at a first gen Boxster. You just you could get one. Sure, you could get one, and they're and they're more modern than the than the 944, 928 variations. And you, I mean, you're also talking about being a fairly big guy. You're around the same size as we are. You could fit in that car and enjoy it. I think it would just run. I've got to throw the Boxster in there.
1: I like it. I'm with you. I'm with you. I want to leave German cars for a brief moment and suggest okay. the Toyota Supra Turbo from the mid 90s. Could mm. you find one for say 20 grand <laughs> that is just the little old lady had her Toyota Supra Turbo and she died and she I don't know.
0: And they're selling the only- it for 60 because it's the only one <laughs> exactly. left on the planet that is still stock. That's
1: perfect, and it has And if you don't call 4, it right miles.
0: now, it's going to be 120 grand next week because the only other one that was close to stock just sold. I just yeah.
1: was thinking, just thinking out well, It's, it's going to go
0: up. I get that. I think It's going to go all. up if you have a stock one. Yes, I, I see you there. Okay. All right.
1: Back to German cars. Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> That Ooh. was a brief aside. Okay, <laughs> uh, feel better now. I do. Okay, I going. had to get
1: I had to get that out. Uh, let's talk about BMW for a moment. I've got three cars from BMW. The 2002, always a beloved car. Those you could probably find for your budget.
0: Kind of fun, and it'd be and it would be a project. It <laughs> wouldn't be fast. It would be a project. It would be a sure. project
1: definitely going up from there, how about an E46? I think the E46 with a manual is the next car to explode in terms of value. The nice ones are just going to go up, I think. You're Beloved. probably right.
0: You're probably right. I mean, it's going to be 2025 20, to get into a nice one you could probably find a beat down one for 15. Mm-hmm. But you're mm-hmm. probably right. Those they they if nothing else, I think those cars have found the floor, certainly for stock ones. I don't think they're going anywhere further down.
1: And then finally at the top end, the 1M of cars that are going to go up in
0: value, well, it's the one. Yeah. Well, yeah, if I just got, had that I, that would have been a better recommendation for Jason with that. his eighty grand than yes. Rodney with his fifteen.
1: Yes, 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 yes. But I had to say it. Because we're here and we're parked here, I had to say it. And the last one on my list.
0: <laughs> hey Jason, get a 1M. Okay? <laughs> let's, let's just <laughs> jump back. Anyway, keep going. Nice. Last one on my
1: list. It is a truck wearing a car a truck disguised as a car it's a dodge viper what do you think of the viper like the first gen it's a engine wearing a car like a cape
0: yeah what do you think yeah okay
1: it's a convertible technically Uh, kind of
0: ish (laughs) technically it is a convertible it is convertible ish you're right it is very loose but
1: man i mean those could start going up in value Uh, that's kind of been my mindset from the get-go but at this point, I All don't right. think Dodge Vipers are twenty grand. I think you're they're...
0: thinking about you're thinking about the cars that take a turn. I want to I want to bring up a couple <laughs> yeah. others that I haven't mentioned for Rodney and Rodney. I still think it's sell the Jag. Uh, I think if you wanted to do everything on your list, the the convertible and the fun car, manual transmission, autocross, maybe track, want a road trip. I have to bring up S 2000 15000 dollars. Go get yourself an S two thousand. I think those cars have also found the floor. They're like the Lotus Elise. They're beloved. They aren't making anymore. They keep running, and people like them. Whatever you get into that car for, you're going to get out of that car at the same amount, unless you do a bunch of stuff to make it uh, anything but stock. But 15, certainly by 20 grand. But at 15, you can start having real conversations about the S2000. You probably end up with an AP, AP1. So it's the early gen, it's the 99 to, 0, to 02, 03, I think is the Something AP1. like that, yeah. Um, So, I mean, you've talked about you think you're a little bit too big for the Miata. I would say to you that as big as we are, I'm more comfortable in the S2000 than the Miata. So uh, I I think that's a really good candidate for you here. So I would say that. If you're looking at convertibles, I would also say you could get into an early-gen BMW Z3. My concern for you is space in that car, though. I think that's a little on the small side. But it's been a a long time since I was in one. But you can get them with... I mean, they're easy to work on. You can get them cheap. So it, it kind of does the project thing a little bit, because I imagine whichever one you get is going to need a little bit of stuff. But you can get them cheap. They are convertibles. It's BMW. They, they're they kind of unloved, but they are cool, and they handle pretty well. So you can get them with a 3-liter, and they are they are genuinely fun. I, I seem to remember, again, it's been a long time. They're pretty tight in the cabin, but don't quote me on that until you get in one. Uh, and then the last one I thought of, okay, you want this car to do a lot of things. And you're also okay with it being a little bit of a project that needs some stuff. And I thought, wait a minute,
1: Hellcat what engine about a 300ZX?
0: Uh, no, 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 300ZX. <laughs> uh, I mean, you went 90 Supra. I was way which, off. <laughs> you went 90 Supra, which you know, best of luck finding one anywhere close to stock that's anywhere close to his budget. But one close to stock at 15 grand, you could get a 300ZX. Yeah, you could find one. Yeah, and you know they are hard to work on, but there are known. There are known parts, parts are out there, and there are known procedures. It's not like, I have no idea what to do. You could just look it up. So, um, yeah, I think the 300ZX should be looked at. It's not a, I wouldn't get the Ooh. convertible. I would get the T-tops and have and have yourself a great car.
1: You know what you could do is go mid to late 80s 300ZX, the generation prior to yours, actually. You
0: could, but I wouldn't. But you could. Still,
1: I I think those were kind of cool looking, though. Just classic Japanese look to it, you know?
0: But back to where you started, which was cars going up in value, I think if you have a nice, close to stock 300ZX, I think that car, over time, is going to start going back up. I really do. I Mm. think they're still dropping a little bit now. I think they're close to the floor. But if you have one that is twin turbo and in decent shape, I think they are potentially going to go back up. They're certainly not going to go any further down. So I think that's a worthwhile in that consideration to go that route. But
1: if you get t tops, you're going to have to let your chest hair poke through your shirt just a little bit, because that, you know, goes with t tops. <laughs> t tops oh, oh, equals no. that. So put Buy a gold chain, brain.
0: Call it a day. OK. <laughs> Can we do Facebook questions? Because I'm, I'm frightened of where we're going to wind up here. We're going to end up spending $90,000 for poor Rodney, and he's going to be beating on our door going, hi, guys, help me pay for this. Exactly. Uh, yeah. All bad. Ah,
1: you're killing me over here. Yes, thank you guys for writing in. This is, this is really cool. As a matter of fact, Brad Brabson, our friend, sent us a link to a V8 Coyote-swapped Porsche Cayman. Somebody dropped a Ford V8 in the back of a Cayman. Yep.
0: Yep. Ay ay ay, it fits. It fits. Well, but ay. the back of that if you're willing to go farther, farther toward the rear axle, there's a lot of room in the hatch of a Cayman. So, starting where the firewall is and going back, there's a lot of engines you could fit back there. You're going to start screwing with the balance depending upon the engine you put in there. But if you start heading toward the exhaust pipes from the firewall mid-engine in that Cayman, you could fit just about any engine you could imagine if you want to be crazy about it. Hellcat. I, I think that kind of build is fascinating. Ooh. I think you could. I think you could. Ooh. I mean, you know, we're going to give you last rights and hope for the best for you when you're done <laughs> and driving that thing. <laughs> the car is but,
1: so fast, you just turn the key and you die. I mean, you don't even have to drive it. Even, well, but two feet forward. But it
0: would end up being. But it would end up being a Cayman with the 911 balance problem, and then 700 horsepower.
1: I don't see I mean, a problem, just, really. I'm not seeing that's the like, issues. That's like yet.
0: multiples of disaster. It's like, which way would you like to die? Okay, I'd like to see it done, but, I, but that's ways the thing. I would like, Volume I would three. like to watch it being done and driven more than I would like to drive it. Yeah, exactly.
1: It's more just like engine under glass. It's it's just for viewing purposes. It's not really to drive.
0: Yeah. We it's did it, but no one is driving it. Just yeah, a exactly.
1: conversation piece, really. <laughs> Oh, we turned gosh. it into
0: a coffee table, but we're very <laughs> proud of ourselves.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, Corey Steiner has asked, there are a, f- a few cars that he would like to consider, but they have no dipstick. In other words, they have an electronic dipstick. And uh-huh. he's kind of worried about this. Is having no dipstick really as bad as he makes it out to be or not really? Corey, I own a Cayman. I can't even see the engine. There's yeah. no way. The first-gen Cayman, I could— take the carpet off, I could remove the panel and you can see the engine. This one, it's sealed. So yeah. and the the dipstick is electronic, it's accurate. I would say it's probably even more accurate than a traditional dipstick because when you take the dipstick out, the oil runs already whereas the sensor for the electronic one is always looking at the fuel at the oil level now. Yeah. yeah obviously yeah. not after running the car for a while, but you know, upon startup that kind of thing, it'll give you an accurate measurement. I think it's been fine. I'm not seeing a problem. I'm I'm over it. I'm not worried about it. That's me. Yeah.
0: And I own a car. I, I mean, I'll I'll be honest. Yeah. When I first when I first drove your first Cayman and discovered that, it kind of wigged me out a little bit too. I was like, but where's the thing where I get to like. The look. Can't do it. It, it. There, There is a jump There is a yeah. jump to be made here, but I submit to you that the jump is worth making because ultimately, well, let me put it another way, I understand your desire to have a dipstick and to be able to check it. I I do, I do. personally connect with that. However, I would say to you, this is not a reason to not buy a car. They, they are reliable enough. They've been on enough cars. Porsche's had them forever. McLaren's got them. All kinds of people have got them. They've been on enough really good, reliable cars for long enough now that if that's – that that's not a hill to die on. That's something to that just move past and be like, I don't like this, but it's okay. Yep. Uh, yep. Yeah. Agreed.
1: Agreed. Uh, what else? What else stuck out to you?
0: Well, there's, there's two here that happen to be back-to-back that I want to connect them up and talk to them quickly. Uh, Donald Smith asked – he said, we talk a lot about car's steering feel and feedback and why we like that – so he's asking about older cars, like 70s cars with no power steering, and then Dan Corwin is writing in and saying, okay, so what is this connected to the car feeling that people keep talking about? What are we talking about, and why is it good, and what cars do it do it well? I'm going to connect the two elements right here and say, look, Donald, I like cars without power steering. The Alpha 4C, no power steering. The Lotus Elise, no power steering. I mean, the in general, when I get into a car and finds that it find that it do, that it does not have power steering, I like it. Now, does that mean your boat from the 70s is a car I want to drive? Not necessarily, but there is feedback that is wonderful. There is feedback that is for lack of a better way to put it, it's not only reliable, but it it, it never lies to you. It tells you exactly what's going on, which is cool. But I will say back to Dan's question, what makes you know, us feel connected to a car? It's not just steering feel because there are cars that don't have much steering feel that are amazing to drive that I would rather than a car with tons of steering feel. But, oh, my gosh, look at the body roll on this thing's a boat. So there's a balance to be found there. Um, and I've stumbled into my own thought. Balance is a key thing the balance of the car how does it rotate how do you feel it rotate and steering feel is one of the indicators for a car's balance where its grip levels are it's one of the indicators so it's a it is think of it as a scale where is where is it on this okay i lost steering feel but i gained the sense of rotation through the seat okay well then we might be at a wash here
1: sure sure i'm with you i i was going to say you know the 67 buick roadmaster or anything from the buick catalog doesn't appeal i'm surprised I know.
0: <laughs> you're shocked. You're, I know you're shocked.
1: I'm shocked. Guys, the difference here is the way the car was set out to be, and that is the market that it's aimed at. Like a recirculating mm-hmm. ball is aimed at you know, power steering for parking, easily maneuverable at low speed. So it's got sure. a yeah, yeah. high assist, whereas the usual suspects of cars that are set out to be sports cars, and that is the market where they're more of a power assist rather than a full power steering And they're definitely Mm -hmm. aimed at that feel along with balance. We've talked about it endlessly. Caymans and S2000s and FRSs and all those cars, they've got the power assist and they might even have variable ratio power steering, but it's more aimed at the assist. And some cars even have higher assist at low speeds, which is fine. I'll take it. And then it Mm -hmm. goes away the higher and faster you go and the more you're doing, the steering feel, more of that comes through. And Of course, low center of gravity, all those kinds of things that we talk about, that's what yeah, you yeah. want to go after. But generally speaking, you know, the cars that don't, again, they're aimed at a market where I just want to maneuver and park, and I don't want to have to struggle with the steering. And the cars that we love, that's secondary. That's, you mm-hmm. know what? If you own this car, you'll figure out how to park it. You will get over it. But man, is it yeah. great on a mountain road. That's what we're yeah. talking about here. And I like well, that you stumbled uh, into your own thought. It's like you stubbed your toe. Oh, there's my thought.
0: Yeah. Oh. oh, look. Yeah, balance. That's what I meant to talk about. You know, Dan, I'm going to give you two real real-world uh, ideas to, to kind of uh, flush this out and figure it out, uh, even with your own experience. And I would say go find a friend who has a large SUV or a minivan. Drive that to a go-kart place and go-kart for an hour. (laughs) And then come back and let's have a conversation. Because here's the thing. The the go-kart is the extreme end of connected. And I'm talking about the go-karts where they actually, you have to get the straps on, you have to to really strap yourself down and all that. The tiniest little movement of the steering wheel and the car is moving. Now that doesn't mean it's the greatest, uh, you know, most comfortable, this is a luxurious, it's none of that. It's just about, I can feel what the wheels are doing and, and I hit the brake and the gas at the same time and the car does this and it's just that on the other end of the spectrum you have the minivan that has got all the assists and you are sitting inside a large box and you can tell you're in a large box Mm -hmm. so this is the sliding scale and I'm not picking on minivans and I'm not saying go-karts is what you want for the street but I'm saying this, this is the edges of the spectrum so where is your car on, that, on those edges? Those are edges that anybody can go experience. And then you can start to figure out, okay, how much do I like? The greatest thing about the go-kart is that your tiny little body movements are moving that car. We just drove that Caterham. It was very much like that. I oh, mean, man, yeah. You'll, you'll see it when we drop that video. Neither Paul nor I are the right size for this car. And the only saving grace that allowed, at least I can speak for myself, that allowed me to drive it was the fact that none of the inputs took much movement. If I had to do the amount of movement of a normal car on the steering wheel, I couldn't have driven the Cayman. There was no, I mean, the Caterham. There was nowhere for me to be.
1: Right. But right. since it
0: was tiny little movements, it didn't matter that I was squished down into it because I didn't have to move much. <laughs> Good luck parking the thing,
1: but who cares, right? <laughs> just,
0: like, that's, oh, that's, that's like the, it's like, it's the car <laughs> equivalent of a bike drop. You don't park it. You just stop it and step out and walk away. Exactly. Wherever I stopped... That's where I'm parked. I'm I think done. the brake's on. Or
1: maybe it's in gear. Can't do it. It's not moving, so I think we're good. I'm out.
0: <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Give me a minute. Somebody shoehorn me out of here, and then I'm just walking away.
1: <laughs> Holy moly, guys. We're at the end of our podcast here, but we've got so many. As Todd mentioned, we are going to be podcasting again in advance for next week because of some travel. And so we will get to more of these questions that are great on here. Yes, So keep them coming on here. But we will definitely address more of these because there's some funny ones on here. And uh, we should get to those. But I will leave you with this thought. The word of the day is idiotic. A made up word, but it's a journey to the depths of your own stupidity. So I hope that's something you can ruminate on for the weekend in the what
0: a fantastic <laughs> place to leave us with our own idiocy perfect that's right that's right you know what that is that that's that's if homer had written about a frat house ooh the I like the that. Idioticy. the idiocy yeah there it is <laughs> okay done is anyway. that animal
1: house has it already been made i think it's already possibly. Been made
0: possibly possibly yes
1: huh. well thank you guys for watching the videos listening to the podcast a reminder to rate and review it give us your thoughts let us know it's you that have kept us in the top ten at least, if not the top five, for the podcast. Absolutely. We're hoping yep. you're enjoying. Yep. And uh, we've got the pilgrimage trip coming. It is coming. We've got a it's lot incredible. of fun stuff. I lot still kind of kinda can't
0: believe it. Yep.
1: Oh, man. A uh, lot, lot more videos coming throughout the rest of the year, too, even though we're going to be crazy busy with travel and all kinds of stuff. But we've got a good catalog backed up. To release here Mm -hmm. soon, starting with Tom's piece today. And then uh, what else is coming? M2 and GTS.
0: M2, GTS. We have an interesting FRS. uh, The continuation of that tuning story is coming as well. Uh, Tom's going to get in a 718 uh, Boxster. And the one I'm excited about, Tom's going to get in a Mustang. So we're going to have a very Ooh, different yes. perspective on the current 5-liter Mustang. That's going to be a fascinating one as well. We're all driving a car. In fact, all three of us are driving a car when we're in Germany. We're going to do a review on that. Hopefully, we're going to come away with something else from Germany. But we can't talk about it yet because we're not sure what's booked. So that is pending. Uh, but and then of course I have to mention it. <laughs> somebody <clears throat> named Todd ought to start editing this. Yeah, uh-huh. uh huh. We have our BMW film at the end of the year. Uh, there's an awful lot of footage I haven't touched yet, but that is going to be cool.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that will be cool as soon as somebody edits it, puts it together.
0: Yes. We'll no pressure.
1: Thank you guys again. Have a great weekend. Cheers,
0: everyone.